Good morning and welcome to another episode of Sold Out in the Morning. Um, as you guys can see, today's podcast is something very different. We're having another conversation. For those of you who don't know who Ben is, he is the youth and young adults pastor at Warmer Methodist Church. He will give you a little bit more of background um, as to who he is in a little bit. We're talking about some real issues. We're going to be covering some topics um, on what a woman face today, what is the church lacking, um, a couple of really good questions that Ben asked and, and, and answered for us. Um, if there's things that you struggle with uh, and think that, I think this is a very good conversation with for you. So give it a listen. Let me know what you guys think. Um, be sure to check out uh, the YouTube channel this, this coming Friday. Um, where we'll be having another interesting conversation. So without further ado, give this podcast a listen. For those who don't know who Ben is, can you just tell us who is Ben? Give us a little bit of your history. Where do you work? So forth. Yep. What is up? Sold out youth and podcast listeners too. Podcast listeners too. Um, that's, that's the correct grammatical term for how we refer to you in the future. My name is Benjamin Friedemann. I am the youth and young adults pastor at Warmer Methodist Church in Port Elizabeth. I did that after three years of BSSM, uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in the United States. I had no idea I'd ever be a pastor. And here I am. I'm married to Abigail, who is the most beautiful human on the planet. My teenagers always send me memes about youth pastors who talk about their wives too much. I don't know if they're trying to hint at something, but I might be guilty of one of those. Um, I love trail running. I love CrossFit. And um, if I wasn't a youth pastor, I'd be a male model or professional eater, one of the two. Okay. Did not see that one coming. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's what I, that's what I think it would be, yeah. Uh, that's a very good answer. Never would have – okay, I can sort of picture it, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you decided to become a pastor. The world needs more bends in, the, in it. So we've been in lockdown for four months, and this is something I'm asking everyone. What have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Well, um, we we went straight on to Zoom with youth. We went straight online with church. So in terms of like adapting to online, we were busy from a church perspective from okay. like the get-go. Uh, however, uh, I also study theology. So I have taken any extra downtime I have, spent some time in theology, and um, – I, I'm, I'm like, I need to exercise to feel like a functioning human. So I've done some, done some fun exercise things. Um, and, uh, what else have I done to stay busy in luck? I think that's kept me busy. Hey, my life, my life didn't change too much other than the fact that I spent the first six weeks on my wife's family farm in Cathcart, which is glorious. Nice. That must've been very pretty oh, it was stunning everyone else was like in hardcore lockdown and i was going for 40k cycles i was like my life is the best <laughs> the jealousy is very real some of us were stuck at home <laughs> it's real it's real okay so in terms of moral revolution if there are people who don't know what moral revolution is can you give us a little bit of the history of moral revolution itself and then what made you decide to bring them to pe yeah, I'd love to do that. So Moral Revolution is an organization um, out of California. And I went to ministry school in California. So I got to know them when I was there. And they definitely transformed uh, the way I looked at some of my moral standards in life. And uh, the, the heart behind the organization, you should go look it up yourself, is 
amazing who basically realized that the world is heading one way in terms of its morality and how could he how could he bring a change to that and so he started having that conversation he launched this organization after he wrote a book called moral revolution and i encourage you all to get a hold of the book you can buy the ebook if you want to and it will definitely change the way you think and every year i try to speak to my youth group to the people in life in general about um like sexual purity and morality and i realized one thing that like number one i wasn't married at the time so i wasn't having sex with anyone so i didn't know too much and number yeah. two i didn't i just couldn't answer questions and so i was like i need like there's a lot more questions and i i had people start coming to tell me about like the sexual encounters they were having with others at school um they were getting going out to having parties they're getting drunk and next thing they're finding themselves under their bushes with someone and they were like I was moments away from going too far um, and, and all these things. And I was like, I actually don't, I don't know how to deal with this. I think we should bring in people that can, that can kind of give us some direction. And my first mind was more revolution. And so I did that crazy thing where like as a little old youth pastor in South Africa, I contacted this big organization that speaks all around the world. And I said, Hey, would you come to my youth group? And crazy set of events happened. Um, another church in South Africa asked for the exact same dates. And, um, they, they responded. They said, we're coming to South Africa in those dates. If we can find another church, you, the other church. So let's do this thing. And, uh, they jumped, they jumped on board. They came out. Um, so God provided finances to bring moral revolution out. And our goal was to, to spark a movement amongst young people about redefining what it looks like to live by God's standards, not the world's standards. And how do we talk about a subject that in the church has been silenced for such a long time? We don't speak about it at home with our parents, most of us. And, and then the messages we do get thrown at us from the world are messages that we wouldn't agree with that align up with what God's word is saying. So yep. we're getting lots of messages from the world that are wrong and nothing from the church. And so as the church, how do we talk about it? And how do we yeah. be relevant to, to culture in this topic? And so we... We want a moral revolution. We, we hope that it sparked a movement in people's hearts and to live differently and align with what God's word says about sexuality, purity, relationships, dating, the whole lot. Nice. And then obviously they came out. I was very fortunate to take a couple of my teens and one or two of my leaders. Um, what has been the response you got from last year's event? Everyone at last year's event um, said that they loved it but anytime you talk about sex people get excited so i'm not sure if it was a good event or we just spoke about sex i'm not sure what happened there but um i mean most most of the response i definitely saw a shift in my youth group something changed in the way they approached um last my, i had a lot more conversations on a, on a deep level with people about um, their pasts about the choices they were making right now and it kind of gave us a platform and uh, I think the city and like you guys that partnered with us and other churches that jumped on board, I had a really good response in terms of many people said like, hey, this really shifted something in our hearts and our minds. And, and that's what it's about, you know, like yeah. no, 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 one, no one of us has the answer, but we can get together as a group of Christians on fire for Jesus and figure it out together. And I think that's what it was about. Nice. So obviously we're, we're all super bummed that it, they couldn't come back this year because of Corona and all of those things. I definitely think you would have needed a bigger venue um, because last year's was packed. Right. <laughs> so like we were going to bring a whole bus, but as soon as Corona's over, hopefully we can get them back here. Um, yeah. Just so, it, it's just so you know, we, yeah. we're talking about December. December is the earliest date we're looking at doing it. 
if, if Corona is not back for December, then we're definitely going to do it next year. So whenever you listen to this, Moral Revolution 2020 or 2021 is coming. We are so there. We're definitely there. I will drag people by their hair. <laughs> okay, so it is, it's Women's Month, um, and obviously a lot's been happening in the world, in our country, um, regarding around women at the moment, and, and I think it just ties in very well with, with the Moral Revolution, talking about how we as Christians need to deal with, with issues that the church isn't talking about. So... I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and then just, just answer as you, as you wish. Okay. What do you think, what do you think as a youth leader are some of the issues that young women are facing today? I think the biggest issue that young women are facing are the messages that the world is throwing at them about what they should be or what they should be like. Yeah. Uh, for example, side notes, uh, there is an organization called Exodus Cry. Exodus Cry is out there to shut down the human trafficking movement. And Benjamin Anat, their CEO, was in Thailand investigating people that go have sex with young children, basically, mm. young girls who are like nine years old. And he said he saw an American man leaving a brothel where all the prostitutes were under the age of like 15. And he got so angry, he chased the man and was trying to figure out what he was like, what would make a 40-year-old man fly from America to Thailand to go sleep with a little girl? And he grabbed the man, um, he was chasing, the man ran away from him, he grabbed him. And in that moment, he had two emotions. One was like anger at what this man had just done. And the other one was like deep, deep pity. He said, what type of society would make a man act like this? And uh, he decided to investigate that. And so he went um, to the summer beach drinking party fest that happens every summer in America because they have like three months uh, summer yeah. break and everyone goes to the beach. It's a little bit like our, uh, plate rage yeah. and those type of events. And everyone just goes and has an absolute party and uh, there's nothing wrong with having a party, but along with that comes this compromise in, in values. And he said that, um, afterwards they couldn't find a single girl that felt like she had been sexually assaulted. Um, but they had seen it everywhere. Hmm. And, uh, eventually one of the guys on the team said, we didn't capture footage of a single girl who wasn't groped or touched or used in some way the entire time we were filming. They filmed for two weeks. Yeah. And eventually they had a conversation with a girl about it. And, and she got to a point where she said, do you know what? Um, if you're in an environment like that and a guy gropes you or touches you inappropriately, you feel so powerless. And so we've taught ourselves that in order to feel powerful, that we desire this this type of attention, this type of inappropriate attention, and I think one of the biggest challenges we face is that we that, that sorry that young young ladies face in the world is that in order to feel powerful, in order to feel beautiful, you have to look like something or you have to be okay with a certain type of behavior, and that's an absolute lie from the enemy. And uh, I see it, I see it in lots of people, even if it's not inappropriate in terms of like the attention that they get from social media posts or the social media posts that get lots of attention. Um, and it's, it's not okay that we saying that that's what makes you valuable. Okay. Now my next question is, I, I don't want to say controversial, but I I'm known to be a little um, devil's advocate. If I can put it like that. <laughs> right, I mean, is, okay. So 
obviously it's women's month okay and and our focus is definitely on girls um and women in society and we've spoken a little bit about that but on the flip side of that i feel also very strongly that there's a little bit too much focus and the boys are somehow getting neglected okay and i i feel like and and i and i sent this to you in a little bit it says boys are being failed and girls are paying the price i feel that because there's a lot of you know women's camps and and ladies training things and and all these things there's a lot of time spent into teaching a girl how to be a girl but there isn't enough going into teaching boys how to be men and i think that is what is sort of contributing to the issues we have today if that makes sense what what do you think about that come on preach it sister preach it louder <laughs> preach it from the rooftop say louder for the people in the back let's turn it into a rap song let's get it on tiktok whatever you got to do let's do that thing cuz you are speaking my language uh, absolutely we uh, we live in a world we've made it okay for boys to stay boys and we become yeah. men and uh we've done that because we have we've broken down the, the nuclear family structure and we've said it is okay to get a woman pregnant and then leave the situation if you looked at the situation uh, like 100 years ago even 60 years ago it wouldn't have been acceptable uh you would have you would have been married that girl and you would have stayed in that situation and you would have grown up and learned how to be responsible with her job but now we've said it's okay you leave and the girl can figure it out she can get an abortion or whatever and we haven't we haven't actually taught our boys how to man up and become men and uh i think yeah absolutely it's the church's fault i think the church um, has a responsibility to teach men what it looks like i also think the church has feared masculinity because i don't think masculinity fits inside of the church structure you know uh, if you look at, at church attendance it's like in usually 60 to 70% women and i think we have failed men in the sense that we have turned church uh into um into something that men don't know how to relate to in like as a man and sometimes yeah. the church is a little bit more emotional and men tend to be less emotional stereotyping and and so i think we've got a lot to figure out in that space and i don't know if i have the answer but i want to try to meet men where they're at and i want to try to talk about the subjects that really matter and i want to say that men you are free to be men and in fact the greatest adventure you will ever go on in your lifetime is following jesus and the second greatest adventure you'll ever have is pursuing a woman asking her to fall in love with you and then marrying her and staying committed to her for the rest of her life and that is by far the most dangerous and masculine and deadly thing that you can do because in fact that flies in the face of everything the world is teaching you to do right now and so yeah. it is that is that is hectic and that is manly we just haven't taught people how to do that well yeah absolutely so i and and i know you say you don't know how to do it but what do you think we can what are small things we can start doing um and okay, obviously you're married uh i'm not um you're a dude i'm not so there's a couple of differences in our situations um in terms of just having these conversations in general what do you think we as a society as a church can start doing small things that we can start doing to eventually see change for the next generation wow really really great question I think the first thing that we can do is we can uh, we can give them an example of what it looks like um for a man or a woman to be radically on fire for Jesus and follow him at whatever cost. And I think what happens is in the church we say Christianity looks like this. It looks like a a good man. 
and and so we have this we have a bunch of men who are wearing masks as good men but underneath yeah. they have a lot of mess they've never dealt with and so we need to say actually being being a man is is getting into the mess and dealing with whatever's going on if it's a porn addiction if it's a masturbation addiction if it's um something in your life like if you have unmet issues um, with your parents or with people in your life it's figuring out how to deal with that mess so that the presentation you give the world is genuinely who you are and it's not easy because you're asking men to do something that naturally they shy away from and that's being vulnerable but actually it's saying men we want to give you a space to to be vulnerable because actually that is that is exceptionally powerful and that's really incredibly manly and we we need it we need to sample that for the world and i think too often in the church we try to just put on a good image and not be real Yo, Ben, this conversation's going a little bit sideways, but I, I love where it's going. So I'm going to, I want to ask you another question is we've spoken a little bit about moral revolution and, you know, redefining what it means to live ethically or, or morally according to God's, God's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? God's will or God's, God's plan for our life for the yeah. youth who un- let, let's be real. Like for most of us, we don't know what that looks like. What is it? What does it mean to to live in today's society as a Christian? You know, what, what does it mean to live up to the moral standard? What is the moral standard? Where do I find the moral standard? Oh, that is that's a big question. I'm going to try answer that really, really quickly. So, I think the first question people ask me the most often is, "How far is too far?" So if I'm sitting on a couch with my girlfriend or my boyfriend, how far is too far? Ben is cuddling. Okay. I always ask myself, what do you mean by cuddling? Because like, are we talking like side hugs here? Are we talking like, like what's going on? Why are we talking about cuddling? Because there's different levels of cuddling. Uh-huh. Are you under the blankets together? Because that does not seem like a good plan, man. Um, but here's, here's what the Bible says about it. Guess what the Bible says about it. The Bible says, I'm not going to get the first round. Um, it says every, and Paul, Paul writes, and he says, not everything, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Yes. And that's the truth. Jesus' grace is enough to cover any mess up you make. But Jesus, in his goodness and his kindness, says, that's not beneficial for your life. And so I don't want you to do that. And, and you know what? Actually, having sex outside of the context of marriage is not beneficial for you because I created it for marriage. I created it to bond one man and one woman together. And the moment we step outside of that context, we violate God's design. So the question is, again, how far is too far? And here's the thing. I can't answer that question for you. Um, I didn't hold my wife's hand until we had been dating for three weeks. I didn't kiss her until we'd been dating for uh, nine months. And, and then if we're going to go, go there, I didn't kiss her with tongue until we were married. And the reason why we did that was because I'm like, man, this is literally the most attractive human I've ever seen on the planet. And, um, and like, I've got a sex drive and I've got to be real that I like this sex drive. It is like a tiger waiting to go. And if you, if you like unlock the cage, I'm not sure I can put him back in the cage. I'm just not going anywhere near unlocking the cage. Yeah. And it's not a fear response. I don't want people to feel like there is, like there's this monster inside of you. Like some of the monster, like God gave you that sex drive. Um, yeah. Praise the Lord for it in marriage. Best thing ever. And <laughs> um, I'm so grateful like that God gave it to me, but I wanted to be, I wanted to be really careful. And so I knew I couldn't kiss Abby with tongue. 
And I actually knew I just didn't want to kiss her in the beginning as well. I'm like, kissing is a big deal for me. I'd rather make sure that I'm sure before I kiss. Yeah. And so whatever that line is for you, um, you might be different. You might be like, dude, I'm good with kissing. Let's go. Um, yeah. You might be slightly different. But the only way I could say is that you figure that out with you and Holy Spirit. He's a really good guide. He will guide you. And um, ask your community. Ask, um, ask Olivia. She's a great leader. Ask, uh, ask some of the leaders around you. Like, find out from them, to, hey, what do you think about this? Um, if you're hanging out late at night, just the two of you, let someone know. Like, um, have that system of being accountable. Uh, because the Bible doesn't give us a definitive standard of right and wrong. Yeah. Actually, Jesus wants to step into that relationship with you and help you figure it out. You just need to be willing. And, uh, and then you need other people who are going to hold you accountable because sometimes it's really easy to ignore Holy Spirit's voice, but it's really hard to hear, ignore Olivia's voice when she's like calling you or texting you or whoever your leader is, whoever you're responsible or accountable for. Like that's a little bit harder. Uh, so did that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. You answered okay. more than, more than what I asked. But I think, I think that's also, I'm, I'm so glad you said it, Ben, because I don't know about you, but I feel like sometimes, if your teens hear your, your voice too many times, they stop listening. <laughs> when somebody else says it, it's like, I've said this five times. Why? Like, really? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, for real. So- I mean, I totally understand. It's hard to, it's hard to, um, like, this thing is hard. Like, I'm not saying this is easy. Uh, it's super hard. And you know what? It's like, it, the worst thing to do is text someone and say, like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriend. I need you to check up on you in two hours or, um, yeah. Hey, I did mess up. I actually did something I didn't want to do. Like that's hard. I'm not, like, when I spoke yeah. earlier, it could sound a little bit easy. And so it's not, it's not your leader's job to pursue you and hold you accountable. It's your job to be accountable to your leader. And, um, you know what? Your leader will be gracious. They will be kind and then they'll kick you in the butt. Tell you, yeah. um, tell you how to, how to change things. And, um, if your leader should scare you, but it should be scary to tell them because it wasn't scary to tell them. You're telling your leader and not your, you're telling your friend and not your leader. You need to tell someone yeah. that's a little bit scary. And so, um, yeah, this is not some, this is not some easy thing I'm talking about. This is you being serious about actually living how God wants you to live. That's beneficial for you, not just permissible because anything's permissible, but beneficial for your life, your future, the calling that God has for you. That's what we're talking about. Yo. Ben, I'm loving this conversation. Um, there was something you said. Oh, right. I'm so glad you used the example of, of your own marriage, your own relationship and those boundaries you set for yourself. Um, and like you said, it's, it's, it depends on each person's situation, how their relationship is with God. Because a lot of people, a lot of my own friends have told me that my, my boundaries are a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> and it's really fun, to, interesting to have those conversations when uh, your boundaries, you, you've had these conversations and you've, you've talked to God. And what do you say to people who find themselves in, in peer pressure situations where, you know, they're like, they're questioning their decisions. They're questioning if the commitments they've made are correct. You know, like, this is what I've decided, but everyone keeps pressuring me. Like, what, what do you say to a person in that situation? Sure. That's tough. Uh, it's not an easy situation to be in. Uh, but look, yeah, I've never met a good friend that will ask you to soften your beliefs or soften your moral standard. That doesn't sound like a good friend. 
that sounds like a friend who's intimidated by you and would love to feel better with what they're doing. So they want yeah. to reduce you so they feel better about themselves. Um, so, yeah, get new friends. Um, not, not easy, not easy to do, not easy yeah. to do. But um, honestly, say to them, hey, guys, this is my standard. You need to support me in this. And actually be someone who calls them higher. Like, look, the Christian walks like, pick up your cross and follow me. It's not easy. Jesus is saying, hey, you need to, you need to follow me. And, and if you're going to follow him, like people are going to follow you. And so you need, you need to not be a follower of people, but a follower of Jesus. Last thing I want to say to that, I did change one of my standards. said I didn't want to kiss a girl until I was married. And a pastor actually said to me, Ben, it feels like what you have done is you've allowed fear to speak like wisdom. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially what I've done is I had built a performance standard. I wanted to say to everyone, hey, I'm so good. I'm so pure that I didn't even kiss a girl until I was married. And yeah. um, that standard came from an unhealthy place. And so I had to readjust that, but we still kept really great standards. So I know for some Christians, um, I had the purity ring. I was like all out there. Some, this is not about performance. It's about relationship. Yeah. And so you need to figure that out. Okay. One more unscripted question. Um, but it's something, I feel like it's a theme that's coming out, uh, in terms of like, just like moral revolution and decisions and those things um what i'm hearing a lot is who you surround yourself with is very important um as a girl you know when you find yourself in situations uh difficult situations hopefully you have good friends around you who can help you um and as a guy and and i think that's also coming up a lot these days in social media and those sort of things is um even if you don't take part in the jokes saying nothing is just as bad so how important is your friendship group uh, in in building your morality, if I want to say that, or upholding your standards. Yeah, like the degra- degradation of our moral standard through people's comments and friendship is so gradual that we don't even notice it. But yeah. if you're hanging out with people that are joking about the opposite gender, or joking about putting an idea into your mind and having you accept it, because obviously, if someone did that in a non-humorous way, you would reject it. But the moment it's humor, it's like, oh, it's just a joke. So be incredibly careful about that stuff you allow. And just a personal testimony in that area. I um I really like I really like fantasy like TV series. I like fantasy TV series. So um I was out looking for one and I found one called Carnival Row. And so I watched it and the first episode um, I think there were like two sex scenes and they weren't incredibly graphic. Uh, so that I wasn't, it wasn't like a big enough trigger that I turned it off straight away. It was just, it was just enough that I was like, mm, it makes me uncomfortable, but I'm okay with watching. And then that night, um, I got into bed and Abby and I were talking and I just got hit by like the Holy Spirit saying, like, this is something that you fought so hard for all your teenage years. This is something that you fiercely protect in your marriage. Are you really okay watching a, a show where someone degrades everything that you fought for? Mm. And I said, I'm actually not. And I apologized to Abby, I apologized to Holy Spirit, asked for forgiveness, and just said, like, you know what, as much as I love those fantasy shows, I'm not willing to compromise what I fought for. 
And so, like, if this is something you're serious about fighting for, if, you, if you're serious about doing it God's way, if you're serious about fighting for your purity, for your future marriage, for your kids, like, that's what's at stake here. Then, like, don't, don't hang around people that are going to compromise that or pull that down. That's not worth it. Like, it's too precious. It's too valuable. And so get around people. And, if, you know, if you don't know anyone that's living that way, uh, go find people. Like, they, they're out there. Um, yeah. And become become the place where your friends know, actually, this is going to be someone who pulls me up and not down. Yeah, Ben, like, I really, I really wish we could moral revolution again because there was a lot of things there last year that they spoke about. Um, but what I really, really loved, and, and that's part of why we're having these conversations, is the practicality of it as well. It's not just theory. It's not just nice suggestions. But there really is a lot of practicalness in it. And one of my one of my favorite scriptures is, is there in James where it says we, we must confess our sins to one another um, and pray for one another to help each other. So what are some other really practical options um, for us to help us keep our purity or, or try to maintain our purity, um, what, whatever that may look like? What are some like practical things we can do? Yeah. So number one is accountability partner. Um, that's a leader or a friend that's further ahead of the journey. I'm going with like a youth leader in your life that you will tell when something is about to go down or that something did go down. Not someone you tell two weeks later, someone you tell the same day. That's accountability. Two weeks later is just dealing with your guilt. Telling them in the moment is accountability. Um, it is, it's that. Um, I want to tell you about an app called Fortify. Um, you, you download an app and if you're struggling with pornography or masturbation, it kind of helps you deal with that. It helps you keep like a log or a journal and you can have, you can set up a digital accountability partner that gets an email. And so it helps you figure out why you keep doing this thing that you don't want to do. And that's really great app. Um, I would say, um, go onto the moral revolution website or the Instagram account and follow and make sure that you read some of their blogs. If you have questions about LGBTQ, about masturbation, about pornography, about dating, about relationships, just go read and get information. If you, if you really, really want freedom and you feel really stuck in an area or you feel like you've made lots of mistakes, find someone quite a bit older than you that you can go talk to who can counsel you and walk you through a journey of healing. Um, I was sexually abused as a child. And I had a couple of people that I walked through a journey of healing with to figure that stuff out. And so whatever that looks like for you, um, if it's someone in the church, if it's your mom and dad, go find that person. And then lastly, um, your relationship with Jesus is going to be the only way you can do this. Your sex drive and your desire to step out of that stuff is like, you can't do that alone. You need Jesus to help you because he created you with your sex drive and with those emotions. And he's the only one who can teach you how to manage it. Such good advice, such, such good advice. Uh, but like you said, not easy, not easy at all. Um, I think probably one of the most difficult things is accountability because it's, it's not trending. It's not attractive. It's not fun. Um, hard work. But it, it is, it is. And you have to really build a level of trust with someone to be able to do that. I'm so, so thankful, like you said, to have people in my life who are not just going to say nice things to me because it sounds nice, but really, you know, know when to put you in your place. But I know they do it out of love. I know because they care about, they're doing it because they care about me and they want me to be on the right track. Um, yeah. and, and for the youth that are listening to this, hopefully a couple of your youth listen as well. Your youth leaders really want the best for you. They, 
we're trying to do the best for you. No one wants to see you get hurt. Um, it's not always comfortable, but it, it's part of those things. So thank you, Ben, so much. Before we end off, because I think we're going to get cut off in a couple of minutes, um, do you have any last thoughts, any last things you want to throw out there? I know you guys said you're doing some live streaming. If you want to advertise that, go ahead. This is your time. Yeah, come on, Sword Art Youth. Um, let me pop, jump on that one first. We can't do more revolutions, so we are doing moral reset. We live stream on Instagram. Oh, sorry, uh, YouTube every Friday evening at 6.30. So jump on and join us. We're going to have some great conversations about choices we're making, relationships, dating. And um, afterwards, you can jump on a, on a Zoom call and, and come chat to us about it. And um, if your youth leaders um, say it's okay for you to be there, please join us. And then stick and sold out youth. Uh, you can be so grateful you have leaders that are having these conversations with you. It is amazing to to jump on and join you guys on this podcast that you're having these conversations. It's not an easy conversation to tackle. So Olivia, you're incredible and you and your team are doing an amazing job. Thank you for having these conversations. Thank you for being someone that's willing to tackle uh, the hard subjects. I'm really, really impressed. And I love the fact that it's Women's Month and I'm speaking to a woman leader about um, about like, about the subject. And you're an incredible woman leader and and I think the church has got a long way to going and realizing what a woman can look like. So thank you for being that example to young women and to men. Uh, that's exceptional. And yeah, I love you guys. I'll be praying for you. And I hope that something shifts inside of you. And uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to this. Thank you, Ben, for being taking part in this conversation. I hope all of you have been challenged this morning. Um, please leave us a comment. Go and like uh, the Instagram page. Go and like Methodist Instagram page. Um, and let us know what you think. If you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, let us know. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day.